you bow with me for prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this service and the songs and prayers already. Lord, as I stand here now among this congregation, I just ask you to bless me, to help me preach. I feel so weak and needy, Lord, and I, I just pray that you'd use me for a few minutes to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, glorify your holy name and word, and to comfort and uh, encourage these waiting people of God. Oh Lord, allow us to feel your holy presence, condescend on our lowest state. Oh Lord, if this service is just academic, just words, it won't last, won't make any difference. But your spirit can take it, oh God, and deal with our lives and apply it to us and make an impact on us so that we can face the challenges of the world and of ourselves and we can rejoice and we can have peace and we can have faith and we can be able to bear fruit for your name's honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I wish you'd turn with me to Galatians this morning, the letter to the Galatians in chapter 3. Going to use a couple of verses there and also a couple in verse from chapter 1 for our text this morning. This book of the Galatians is sort of a transition book. As you know, it's where Paul was talking to the, the Judaizers of the day that some of them at least were trying to go back into uh, the ritual of circumcision and some of those religious acts that was uh, built uh, way back in the Old Testament. Uh, Paul was reminding them of the, of the freedom they had in the cross. And, and so we need to be reminded of that. And Galatians is a wonderful book of God. I, I want to study it more. And in fact, in the next few weeks, I'm going to be dealing with Galatians uh, as I endeavor to present a theme on, on uh, the, see, what did I say? Cross life, cross life, cross life. You know, cross life, living in the cross. And we approach Easter I want to use the next few Sundays to deal with cross life. And today we're going to be talking about pictures of salvation. Pictures of salvation. But the cross will not flatter us. It won't. <laughs> uh, in fact, it, it does show, though, the radical need that we have of God. And what God has done for us and to us. And, and that, frankly, what God has enabled us, how we should respond to, to this merciful act of this cross love that God has given us to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look at these verses. Uh, they're so self-explanatory. That's why I wanted to pray the Holy Spirit because I want to I ask him to help us today. We, you know, we take the Holy Spirit for granted so much. Do you know that he lives within your heart? That is a part of God's giving us his spirit as he redeems us and he regenerates us. But I, I know I neglect him so much and I don't want to anymore. Look at verse 13 of Galatians chapter 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written... Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now the Jews had a lot of problem with this. 
because, because the tradition was, in the, in the old days of the Jewism, uh, a person that, that was convicted of a crime may likely, most likely would be stoned to death, okay? Then they were, they were hung on a post or tied to a post or a tree, and they were just there for everybody to see. They were a curse. So Jesus now becomes a curse. I want you to get that. That's what he becomes. That's what the word says. And, and he became a curse for us because that means that we have violated God's law, and we all have. We're all sinners. And so what a blessing it is to know that we have a substitute. That's what Jesus did. He took our place. And so, so we need to cry out to him, thank you God, thank you Jesus, that you became something that you were not so that I can become something that I was not. Now see, that is salvation. But it includes so much more than just words, okay? And so, so Jesus Christ has redeemed us. And that means he bought us. <laughs> That's what redemption means. He became a ransom for us. That means he owns us. That means that we're his. So don't get so caught up in this life when things don't seem to be working out. Because you are God's. And so God has a purpose in all that comes in our life. He is sovereign. So he has become a ransom for us. He has bought us. I remember reading a story uh, years ago about a little boy that, that bought a boat or made a boat. He made a little boat, and it was a little sailboat, and he painted it, and he even engraved his name on it, and, and so the story said he was floating the little boat, and just like a little boy would do, and, and just playing around the house and the streets of the city, and, and then... For some reason, a storm comes up and the little boat gets away from the little boy and he lost it. It was still his boat, but he lost it. <laughs> and so he, he was concerned about it. He missed his boat. And the story said that several months later, he was walking down the street and he saw his little boat in a pawn shop. And he says, that is my boat. And he goes in and he tells the store owner, says, this is my boat, I want it. And the man says, well, son, if that is your boat, or if you want it, you're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> it has a price on it now, it's in the pawn shop. So the little boy was surprised, but he went out and, and he got the money and he brought back to the man and he gave it to him and the man gave him the boat and he walked outside out of the store and he looked at his little boat and he says, little boat said, you know, now... You're twice mine. <laughs> I made you and I bought you. And that's what God has done for you. God has created you. In fact, we're thrice gods because not only has God made us, God has bought us. What did he pay for us? First Peter, first chapter 1, verse 19 says that we're not bought with silver and gold or corruptible things but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has purchased you, your soul. You will forever be with him 
in heaven because of the price that was paid. You will not be a curse because Jesus has took your place. I want you to grasp that. I want you to take that and ask God to show it to you. You might not feel like it, but it is the truth. That's how salvation is. And what a blessing it is to see that. And what a joy that God brings us to do that. And so the scripture says, Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is everyone that, hang, everyone that hangeth on a tree. God says it is also written. It's amazing how it is written ought to be the thing that resonates in our life. Whatever comes along in the world, if it is not written in God's book, you throw it away, you hear me? Because what matters is what God says. Thus saith the Lord. It is written, God says that the wages of sin is death. But he says in Romans 6, 23, he says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a balance we have. What a balanced God. Oh, if we could just, just surrender all of our work ethics and just trust in the merits of the cross. That is cross life. Living with this knowledge, this heart, that, oh God, you have taken my place. God says in Acts that he purchased the very church by his blood. And you know what? If God purchased the church with his blood, we ought to be able to work in his church with all that God has given us. It's so precious to him and it ought to be to us. Uh, what was I going to say? I was going to ask you too to look at another verse from Galatians in chapter 1 and verse 4. It's the same kind of deal about substitution. I'm talking about salvation. I'm going to give you some pictures in a minute to help us remember it, I hope. But he says in Galatians 1, chapter 4, who gave himself, he's talking about Jesus, for our sins. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I'm talking about the gospel is so profoundly simple. We're trying to complicate God. God says he gave himself because he's the only one worthy. <laughs> That's why. He says he gave himself for our sins, all of them. That's why we can sing, Jesus paid it all. Hey, I, I was talking to a guy called me the other day, just this week, a member of this church, hadn't seen him in several years. He had a lot of struggles. He's living down in Savannah now, and he talked to me a while on the phone. And he had a, he had a life one time that was apart from God. And God saved him by his grace. And so he was telling me, he said, you know, Brother Randy said, I know. He was talking about surgeries he'd been through, cancer. He says, I know that, that God is punishing me from my past sins. And I listened to him. And I had my speakerphone on, you know, in the truck, you'd Bluetooth, you're supposed to drive that way. So I turned it up. It's just me and him there, boys. But when I said, I said, Greg, when, when it was all over, I said, I got some good news for you. <laughs> he, I said, because I want you to know that, that you have been suffering. I'm not going to doubt it. But you are not suffering for your sins. Because Jesus has paid for all your sins. 
Now, Satan is a great accuser. But I want you to understand by what Christ done on the cross, if you and I are going to deal with cross life, we've got to understand that Jesus took our place. And when Jesus took our place, he took all of it. And he took all of our sins, not just some of them, not just every now and then sins, not just the big ones, not just the little ones. He took all of them. So, so Jesus did that and he says he gave himself for our sins. Why did he do that? Because he loves you. He went to the cross. Hey, listen now. Jesus went to the cross. The cross of Calvary. Not so God would love us. He went because God did love us. And that's what it took. To bring us home. You understand that? That is the gospel. That is what Christ has done for us. Who gave himself for our sins. That he might deliver us. That the word deliver. If you look at that in the Greek. It means rescue. Did you know you were rescued? Rescued. From this present. Evil world. That's what you're rescued from. Now that means. This age, this, this world system, that we're not to be of the world any longer. When did that happen? When God saved us by his grace. But we're still in the world, right? And so we're living in the world. But God rescued us from the, the, the entities of the world and just having the world and having to have the world. Yes, we still have some indications of it. We still struggle with sin and, and worldliness. I know I do. And we're bombarded with it. Every advertisement will tell us something we need, how we need to look, where we need to go. But the deal is, for a believer, our only satisfaction and peace is going to be with God because God has redeemed us and he's rescued us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. What that means is, for fallen humanity, now you listen to me, because this ain't going to resonate much with the world of religion in most places. This is, when Adam fell, all the posterity of humankind fell with him. He is our representative head, okay? So we're all sinners. We are dead in sin. The only one that lived a sinless life is Jesus. So then how are we going to get saved? We're going to get saved by the will of the Father. You hear what the word says? Not because of our good works. Because God has so chosen to love you before the foundation of the world. And God has redeemed you and brought you out of this affectionate living for self and the world. And you need to thank him, and I need to thank him, and I do, and I know you do. So, so it means that it's by the will of God and of Christ that he does this, the will of God and the Father. Okay. So we're talking about cross life. Now, I don't have a lot of time, and so I'm going to give you four pictures I hope most of you have a bulletin because I, I want you to write these down. I, I don't usually tell you that much, but 
but I want you to because you might need this later. And so I don't have time because four pictures of the cross life that we need to hold on to believe as believers. And they are, one is propitiation. If you want to look at the first sentence. Propitiation. I'm going to spell it for you. P-R-O-P-I-T-I-T-I-O-N. Propitiation. That's, that's a picture. What is a picture of? See, a picture is worth a thousand words, they say. Okay. So here it is. The picture is a temple court. Why don't you think about, if you think about time, mankind, even pagans, always going to go to what they call a god and make a sacrifice. Why do they do that? To appease the entity they're worshiping's anger. I mean, some places like Moloch in the Old Testament, they would give their children. I mean, that's, that's how they, radical they were. So we're seeing now this picture of a temple court. And so propitiation, here's the sentence, if you want to fill out under that, it'll help us focus on this picture. It focuses on the wrath, wrath is that blank, of God, which was placated or satisfied by the cross. Focuses on the wrath of God that was placated by the cross. Now lots of times we, don't, we want to ignore the wrath of God. But God, in the New Testament even, Jesus talks more about the wrath of God than he did the love of God. In fact, trying to study it this week, I have planned, and if God will help me tonight, to deal with a sermon just on the wrath of God. I don't know if I've done that before or not. But, but we need to understand, because if we don't appreciate the wrath of God, we don't understand God's holiness. Because if God wasn't a God of wrath, now, don't get that mixed up with your wrath or mine. See, God has a holy wrath, okay? And he's clear on that in the Bible. So, so that means that when he's offended, he hates sin. God says in his word, he says, I'm angry. He's angry with the sinners every day. God says that. And, and yet, we know he's the God of love. So what's happened is this cross life. What we've got to see, though, is the picture of this. And I want you to turn with me now to see the scripture picture in, uh, in this, in Romans chapter 3. Would you turn there with me? Let's look at verse 24. Romans chapter 3 is where Paul really tells us how much worth we have. He says we're all sinners. And there's no good, none, not one. He tells us in that same chapter that none can can seek God. Did you know that? You know, you hear it all the time. Well, just turn, just seek. You can't do it unless the Spirit gives you. God says, all that come to me have must be drawn. And so that's what it, irresistible grace does. Anyway, I don't have time to do all that, but I want you to look at verse 24. Because we're talking about propitiation, which means the wrath of God has got to be dealt with. That's what salvation is about. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's how it comes. Whom God has set forth, Jesus, that is, God set forth, look at it with me, to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God 
to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Actually, we have several of the pictures in that one or two verses. But right now I want to deal with propitiation before we move quickly to that. So what that means is God's wrath has become propitiated or satisfied by the substitution of Jesus Christ. See, God doesn't take our sin and sweep it on the rug. No, it goes on Jesus. And Jesus paid the penalty that God, this holy God, required. So that now, see, God loved us before the foundation of the world. Listen now. He loved us before the foundation of the world. Scripture's clear on this. But this love is an unconditional agape love. It's not a love about feelings. See, God hates sinners. So what this means is God took his son, who never, ever committed a sin, and he puts him on the cross so that now God can have that loving feeling to us so that he can deal with us. You see, because if our sins were, was not taken care of, we would not have any access. We would not be able to pray. We would not have any salvation whatsoever. Psalms 130 verse 3 says, If God, if thou, Lord, marks iniquity, who shall stand? The answer is absolutely none. Jesus has done this. God has done this. Now, look at number two. We see that temple court. And number two is redemption. Redemption. And the picture beside it, those two blanks, is marketplace. See, now we go from, from a religious ritual to a, uh, a marketplace, a business transaction, if you will. Focuses on the plight of sinners from which they were ransomed. That's you and me, ransomed by the cross. Why did we need that? Because we were all in bondage to sin. Slaves to sin. I know I'm not doing much for your human ego. But I don't intend to. Because this is God. This is how radical salvation is. If you're going to talk about cross life, you can't get around and start tiptoeing through the tulips. You're going to have to get with God and you're going to have to understand our utter depravity, our moral fallenness, and what God has done to change all that through Christ Jesus on the cross, totally, forever. Hey, I'm telling you guys something that you will live in eternity because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross of Calvary. And so he says redemption. He's paid our price. Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, he says, I came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give myself a ransom for many. That ransom means that is the price that he paid. That is what Jesus has done for us. And I just said a while ago, you remember we had a scripture that said that price that he bought us with was his precious, righteous blood. And you know, it's a business transaction in a way. I mean, it's, it's a sale, but it's not valid to the money's exchange. You know, Penny and I got groceries last night and we, that animal bagged up. 
But you know, we didn't roll out until that debit card was approved. That's when you get leave. I don't care how many bags you got. What matters is what was paid. And so we took all those groceries home. Why? Because we paid for them. That's why. I have had a few cases where I paid for something I left it. Have you? You know, you want to go back and get it. But I'm going to tell you, God, God will never leave. He'll never leave and nor forsake you, nor will he ever leave one soul. Because you've been paid for. And you know what the thing is? God forbid that we would be slaves to anything else. This world, our own lust, things in our life that crop up. And I know it's a spiritual warfare. But you know what? The thing about cross life is it's this. It's about salvation. It's about revelation. And it's about conquest. Because we now, because of the indwelling Holy Spirit, he that is in us, is greater than he that is in the world. That would be had it not been for the cross. You won't just pray that into yourself. God has given that to you by the cross. The third one is this. I want you to get these in your notes, if nothing else. Justification. Justification, and here's the picture, a court of law. What the picture is, a judge, and here's a guilty person. And God, being the judge, is going to declare that person not guilty. How is he going to do it? Because the Bible is clear that God says he'll never acquit the guilty. He says that in the Old Testament. So what does God do? God takes the sins that we deserve to die and go to hell for, and God gives them to Jesus. And Jesus dies for them. And so God now is satisfied. So he looks at you as he looks at his son and he says, not guilty. You're not guilty. You hear me? That's from Jesus. It's not just like he puts a a robe of righteousness around us and we go on sinning. It's not a license to sin. Why? Because salvation and cross life involves regeneration. And it involves sanctification. So that God's Holy Spirit lives in you. And you will not, you will not just pout. You will not just just flagrantly deal and live a sinful life. You can't because God has changed your nature. Yeah, we can sin. And all too often we do. But you know what? We have a cross. We have a Savior that has risen from that cross. And a Savior that makes intercession for us. Even as we speak. That word, that sentence under that justification word is focuses on a single act which simultaneously declares us just and makes us just. See, it's twofold. God declares you just by the righteousness of Christ. And then he makes you just because his spirit is within you, okay? So as you live out that, that sanctifying life. So what God says, or does, it's kind of like a New Testament picture. We see where, you know, if you want to make the fruit good, you got to make the tree good. And so that's what God does. Okay, then fourth, reconciliation. So we have propitiation, redemption, justification, reconciliation. 
Now here's the most favored of all, these four. And these are profound pictures of God's salvation. And God is initiator of them all. And so reconciliation, the, the picture I want you to see with me is a family and home. So, so now we see God as our Father, okay? And so God now has justified us freely by His grace. He's redeemed us from the bondage of sin. So He has propitiated the, the wrath that we deserve, and so we're not, we're not saved, or we're not, we're not under God's wrath. We're saved from it by the blood of Christ. Isn't that a blessing? So reconciliation is focused on our personal peaceful relationship relationship with our father in the family of God so I'll close there's a scripture 2nd Corinthians so many we could go to but 2nd Corinthians 5 I think it's where I want to go just for a second if you'll look at that with me here's some richness from God again we could start most anywhere in chapter 5 but let's look at verse 18 and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. There it is. And hath given us to us the ministry of reconciliation. You know what that means? That means there's two sides to that. God now, side is complete. That's finished. God said that on the cross. It's finished. He's completely finished. That he, We are not at enmity with God. Because God has settled that through the blood of Christ, his son. But here's our problem. Sometimes we just want to be like sheep, you know. We don't have to, we're not too smart. So we wander around, you know, and we just say, well, is there something I need to be doing? Whatever, you know. Well, I got to earn it. I got to earn this. No, grace is free, okay. So Jesus' part is finished. Christ says, God says that all things are of God. In verse 18, he has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Does I understand that? You know what that means? That means the cross, cross life. See, the cross is not some badge that we're to wear. It's not some banner that we're to walk under. It is a compass. The cross ought to be a compass whereby we live and direct our life in every way. Because we're to be ambassadors of God. We're to, we're to, we're to deal with, because God has been so merciful to us, you know, I, I might have told you this years ago uh, in my forestry work. I had a, I sold some timber and a guy that bid on it was, he just blew the bid. It was thousands of dollars more than it ought to be. And it was a personal track that I owned. And I remember he come to my house. You know, I was feeling really good about it. And so, I mean, I could use the money. <laughs> so he comes to my house. I remember, I still remember him coming in there. In the, in the little office, and he comes in and he held his hands out. I still see that picture. He says, uh, Mr. Randy said, said, I know that I have nothing else to come to you today but ask for your mercy. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you know that bid I gave you yesterday? He said, and he had some patience. He said, I just, I just blew it. I just made a mistake. I calculated it wrong. And he says, I know that legally you have every right, but he says, I'm just asking for your mercy. You know what? I just saw that money just leave right then. You know why? Because my thoughts were, you know what? They, if he had never used that word mercy, I might have been all right. 
But you know what? I knew what God had done for me. I did. And so what I'm saying is that's reconciliation. That's understanding that, see, we have peace with God. And so that extends to peace with one another. So may the Lord bless us. It focuses on a single act which simultaneously, wait a minute, focuses on our personal peaceful relationship with our Father in the family of God. So we think about propitiation. We've got to deal with the wrath of God. Cross life is what we're talking about. We've got to deal with our captivity to sin. That's what redemption does, okay? Then we've got to deal with our guilt because we're all sinners. How are we going to deal with that? Well, cross life takes care of by justification because when Christ died for us now, it's just as if we never sinned. And then, and then lastly, reconciliation. We're not alienated from God. We have him as our advocate. And so as we come to him and bless his holy name, what a blessing. Man, I know, I know it's short, but I know it's time to go. But may the Lord bless you. I just want you to be living in that way under the cross that you glorify God in all that we do, that we trust him, that we have faith in what he's done on the cross, that we just believe God and we trust him. Because that's what reconciliation is about, a continual life of repentance, that we have faith. You know, I had, a, I had a person call me a few weeks ago. He was a minister from a campus ministry and had this young girl. He had a question they were ministering to. I don't know who she was, where she come from. But he said, you know, she said she goes to a primitive Baptist church. He says, I got a question that's really bothering We're trying to, you know, the girl was involved in the ministry. But she said to the group she was with, said, you know, if you trust God, then that's a work. And we don't believe in works. And he says, is that what, is that what y'all believe? I said, it's not what we believe. I said, you know what? Faith, you see, faith, the, the, the faith is not the power. The, the object of the faith is where the power is. You trust God. You see, faith is a gift of God. And you trust God. That, it's not a work. It is a response to what God has given us. You see, what a blessing to see that. Trusting See these pictures as real in your life. May they forever be fresh in your heart and mind, and you will glorify God and trust him. And you know what? The more we see, I'm convinced, the, 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 the righteousness or the, the, the great magnitude of this divine act of the cross, of God's substitution for us, you know what it's going to re- relate to or mean to us? I believe it will mean to us we're going to trust him so much more. What a blessing. What a God we serve. May the Lord bless you. Brother Randy, you got a hymn you to close us with?